Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to Killer Woman Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network. I am your host, Danielle Gerard, and today's guest is Iris Johansson. Now, Iris is such a special guest for me personally, and I'm betting for a lot of authors and readers out there. Iris, your books inspired me to try to become a writer. So I remember reading the very first Eve Duncan book, The Face of Deception, as I was querying agents for my first novel. So I'm super happy to have you on the show. And before I let Iris say anything, I'm going to give you her actual um, incredibly talented bio. So Iris is the number one New York Times bestselling author of more than 30 consecutive bestsellers. Her series featuring forensic sculptor Eve Duncan has sold over 20 million copies and counting and was the subject of the acclaimed Lifetime movie, The Killing Game. Along with her son, Roy, Iris has co-authored the New York Times bestselling series featuring investigator Kendra Michaels. Iris lives near Atlanta, Georgia, Iris, thank you so much for being here today. Well, it's a real pleasure. And uh, you remembered the first Eve book. A lot of people don't even know that was the first Eve book. I I do remember it was, um, I remember being like, wow, this is, a, this is somebody writing strong female characters with page turning books. And I thought this is exactly what I want to do. So, so, and speaking of Eve, um, I have this fabulous, which was out June 14th. This is the 28th Eve Duncan novel. So congratulations, 28. Thank you. Isn't that a great cover? It's a beautiful cover. I'll just say I've, all of the covers are beautiful. And I think, um, I can't decide, is that Eve, do we think? Or it almost could be also... Um, it's Riley. It's Riley. I think it could be yes. Riley, right. She looks very, very tough. I love Riley. So, okay. So I can't believe it seems impossible that there is somebody out there who has not met Eve Duncan, but just in case, Iris, will you tell us a little bit about the series and about a face to die for? Well, the series of course goes on forever and it has gone all forever, uh, with many, many characters in her family and her friends and her, her goddaughter. Uh, and uh, it's, it's really not a series more than it is a sort of universe mm -hmm. because uh, most of my readers know every one of those characters that, that are in these, because, you know, sometimes uh, I'll have Eve and uh, she'll have a relatively sp small part and then, of right. course, I'll have Eve and she'll have a gigantic part. Uh, but the thing is, they're a family. So that's that's right. That's what it should be. Oh, it's so it is wonderful. And the characters come back and and weave in. And like you said, um, Eve's always there, but not always necessarily um, the center of the of the, the particular book. So can you remember 
um, what was the, how did Eve Duncan come to life? What was the, the first seed of, of, of that character for you? Well, actually, uh, she wasn't even supposed to be a series character. Uh, she was just, I, I just uh, had been watching this wonderful uh, show on, uh, on television about uh, forensic sculptors. And I thought, isn't that fascinating? wonder if we could do something with that mm -hmm. okay and shortly after that uh eve was born and uh, she was not um as you probably uh, noticed from that first book she had a hell of a lot of problems <laughs> yeah yeah and and uh so I, I had to not only solve all of her problems but uh try to get her on a, on a, a road so that I'd be happy with the book itself because let's face it, you know, uh, uh, she had a daughter that was, that had died. She, yeah. she, she was suffering uh, all over the place. And, uh, and I had to do something about the book just to make me happy with it. Right. Right. To give her some relief from her, from her, from her grief and her, her past trauma. But in some ways, starting a character with so many levels of, of trouble is a great way to create a series character, right? Because then there's lots of lots of room for her to to have a happy future. And I had no idea because all I wanted, you know, I'm a person who really likes a happy ending, yeah, uh, all the way. So, uh, and I had no real uh, plan to make her a series character, so. When I actually finished the book, I thought, okay, this works. She's strong. She's wonderful. Uh, she, she can go forward now and have a great life. And then I said, okay, I'm finished with it. Uh, not, not to be, not to be. Um, so was it your, was it the editor's idea? They want, they loved her so much. They wanted you to do more Eve books. No, no. It, I, I just got so many fan letters about them and, they didn't they didn't want Eve to uh, just wander away somewhere. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my books, you know, the characters do sort of wander away yeah. because I'm so eager to go on to the next one. Right. Uh, but uh, in this case, I thought, well, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to cheat. I did this. I did this. What I figured a, a, a complete great book uh, for Eve Duncan. And, and that's it. And so I, I waited a while and uh, and until I found a story that I thought that that would really satisfy me and Eve Duncan. Mm -hmm. So that was the next story. So she so she basically it was a, a situation where the story came to mind for Eve. You're like, I'm not going to go back to Eve until you had the right story for her. Right. Yeah. And if I didn't have the right story, she wasn't going to come back. You so can't do that. Well, that's a, I mean, and so I, I tried to find an actual count of Irish Johansson <laughs> books. And I, I realized with the translations and everything, I couldn't quite figure out how many books you've published. Do you know the actual number? It's over a hundred for sure. It's over a hundred for sure. And I don't even know. Uh, actually, uh, I, I, I've got some people uh, on uh, that that uh, have uh, 
written me and said, I've got the, I've got this, this, all your counts. I've got everything you ever, you've ever done. And I, I admire them, but I can't keep track. <laughs> There's very few authors. I feel like that will say that Iris, most of us know exactly how many pages, let alone books we've written. So, um, so now also, um, so you were talking a little bit about your story idea. How does it start for you? Do you, you know, you you read about forensic sculpting, which is of course was a, a, like, and at that time when I first read about Eve Duncan, I had never heard of forensic sculpting. So it was so fabulous to read about that um, with Eve, but is it normally a, a sort of situation that comes as an idea or how do you, how do you come up with sort of the, the, the seed for a story? Well, from everywhere. Uh, from the guy next door, uh, from a, 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 something that you've seen on TV that that just triggers something, uh, and that's that's what it's always been for me. You 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 take your your plots and your plans and your characters from everything around you, and then you uh, you develop your own character because that's absolutely essential. They have to be all your character. Yeah, no borrowing the the guy next door. You can borrow his situation, but not the man. So it sounds like, and I I, I feel this from reading your books that you the characters are very important to you. That the the individual sort of motivations and stories of of your people. It's like your extended family. You have a very large family, Iris. Yes, I do. Very large family, and as I said, the family is a doggone universe yes they, they, they just go on and on and uh and as you've uh, perhaps seen uh riley smith uh who's who's a new member of the universe mm -hmm. uh and a really good friend to eve these days and will continue to be i uh, i was gonna say we're gonna see more of her i would imagine Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so how do you, this universe, I mean, I know you know these characters, obviously, the way that you know your, 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 your family, because they came from you. But how do you keep track of, you know, all the details? I'm, I mean, are you keeping that all in your head? Or do you have some, you know, system that you refer to? If you, you know, what is the town that Eve did something in? How do you keep, it seems like it's so much to keep track of. I'm so impressed. Uh, don't be impressed. You just go back and do your research again. <laughs> yes, that's right. You go back and look at it. Well, a, a really good research assistant. Now, I read somewhere um, that your daughter helps you with research. Is that true? Yes, she does. That's and, wonderful. And and she's she's terrific. And you know, she's got such a busy life of her own that that uh, I, whenever I tap her, I said, I. I just say, please, just, you know, uh, forget about Annabelle this, this, uh, well, maybe, maybe for the next year or so. <laughs> it doesn't Anna happen. Annabelle uh, is never forgotten because she's our, our love bug. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so tell me also, you have two children, Roy, I know you've written with Roy. Do you have more than two children or, or the no, two children? No, just, just the two. So tell me, because, you know, of course, I'm also, you know, many of our listeners and, and myself included are also mothers. Um, your children, I assume, were 
were they school age when you started writing? Or uh, I, actually, uh, my first book that was that was published, uh, they were in uh, high school. Oh, they were okay. Yeah. How did you? So you, but you were writing when they were in school. How did you? How did yes. you balance that? Because of course, I'm sure you were also primary caregiver and uh, and everything. And worked for an airline. Oh my! And, God. <laughs> how did and you do that? How did I do it all? Yes. Well, you just do it all because you know your your life is is not just isolated into. Uh, to one great mass, you've you've got a family. Uh, you've 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 got you and you enjoy going to the play. Uh, you you're you're trying to make everything go together, and at the same time, you're trying to make your characters in this doggone book do what they should be doing. <laughs> And they're not doing it. <laughs> so um, did you, when you were working and raising kids, did you sort of get up, did you have a certain time of day that you worked or how did that, how did you sort of structure was, your life? Yeah, I was, uh, I'd get up and uh, be at work by five o'clock in the morning. And I'd write a little bit on my yellow pad before I had to go into work. And then uh, I, when I got home, I'd uh, I'd I'd work I, on on my breaks. I'd write on my little yellow pad. So and, you, uh, yeah, just all the time, all the time. And, and at the same time, you know, you're, you you've got a life, and you've and you're and you better enjoy it. Or, you're 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 pretty sorry. <laughs> exactly. So do you feel like you kind of kept? Do you feel like by writing sort of as often as you could find a little gap in time, the, the character and the story um, felt close? I sometimes wonder about like, do you write every day? Do you try to touch the story as much as possible? Yes, I write every day, uh, and I start off in the morning, and I I write as long as I can, and Sometimes that's uh, eight hours. Sometimes it's twelve hours. Uh, sometimes sometimes it's it's six hours because they just won't cooperate. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I say, okay, I'm putting you away for today, but tomorrow you're gonna come and you're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> and do they, or do you have to? Do you find that the story take they they are the ones in charge and you have to follow them? Well, they are. The ones in charge. I'm sure that you found that too. Yeah, uh, they're, they're in charge, and you just do what they want you to do. And uh, but if you if you apply yourself, if you go in and you sit down at that computer every single day, then it's all going to come together. And and they're going to they're going to mind you, maybe. <laughs> maybe or maybe not or you're gonna mind them right um so um god it's i mean it's so amazing so you write every day and the characters you you sit in that chair for that many hours i think that's one of the things that as younger you know younger writers or aspiring writers don't realize a lot of the time it's sort of just staring at that screen and trying to figure out what those you know what those characters are going to do 
right? Or do you find that you write and then the you know you sort of keep the typing moving and that's how you learn what the characters are going to do? Or is it a staring at the wall sort of thing? No, it's not a staring at the walls. Uh, I, I sit at the computer and I start to write. And most of the time they tell me what to write. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very rare when they don't. Uh, and when that happens, then you, th you have to think, am I doing the right thing here? Mm -hmm. Because it, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the characters are the complete storytellers here. You do what they tell you to do all the time. And uh, it, it's magic. And, yeah. and, it, and it's a world. It is. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds, and you still love it, clearly. I still love it, clearly. So what a... What an incredible joy you have found. That's amazing. So I, I want to also talk about um, a little bit. So I, I do find that what's really interesting to me is um, the way that you incorporate, and I, I noticed this especially when, um, it, of course, it just, I just read A Face to Die For, which was fabulous. I mean, a few things um, stood out to me. One is that you, I love that you incorporated sort of history and mythology um, and, you know, it's it the world it borders. There's some aspects of it that are sort of, like you said, mat, a little magical, right? I mean, we're not we're dealing with a, a character, you know, Helen of Troy, perhaps, right? So that was is that something that you sometimes look to? Do you do you find inspiration in in history and mythology often? All over the place. Mm -hmm. Just I've. Um, I, I love different type of stories. Uh, I write mysteries. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, science fiction uh, really appeals to me. Uh, and uh, every now and then uh, something that uh, I wouldn't have even thought I'd be interested in just says, okay, this can be exciting. All, I, all you have to do is just think about it. And if you think about it hard enough, it's going to come alive. That's magical. So you're looking at everything in the world, everything you run into as a, a potential story. That's so fabulous. I love that. Well, um, I, I, what I did mention one of the, I'm not a big snake lover. So there was, um, <laughs> there is one scene. Neither am I. <laughs> I. I suppose not a lot of us want to be in a cave uh, and confronted with um, a snake, but I thought that was what an interesting, and I don't, I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, but what an interesting clue that this that this was a snake this and I had never heard of the many banded step crate I don't even know how to pronounce <laughs> that but it was that it was a that it was a specific snake that was not necessarily um you know normally found in that area it wasn't um, native to that place and that was what it, I mean so I have to ask like well, how do these these are such little magical clues to that something is not right. How did that come to you? How does these things come to you? It just happens. <laughs> We're just <laughs> back to them. It's just magic. No, it, it, it actually, I, I love magic, but 
number one, magic is always founded on research. And uh, and if if you've got just a little kernel, then you just go ahead and you do your research and you do your research and you keep on doing your research. And sometimes you find something different and interesting and uh, it's a thrill. It, it is a thrill. It's a thrill and it, it makes your readers cringe. It was very, very successful. <laughs> so I sort of talked about this, but I feel like, you know, um, I feel like, you know, so many of us uh, listeners are aspiring authors. And also, you know, of course, for uh, those of us who only have 15 books, not a hundred and however many that we've lost count. So what do you think? If you were to say, you know, the, the, the few things that are the most important for a writer, what would you what would you say are the most important rules or or guidelines if you want to be a writer for a lifetime the way you have? You've got to love what you write. And you you don't write because uh, that the market dictates. If you do that, uh, there's not going to be magic. There's just going to be well, maybe a little money here and there, but it's not it, it's not something that would uh, make you sit down at that computer every single day and say, "What new world can I open up today?" what 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 am i going to do with this character and can i make this character special and there it is you have to love it you have to love it so you make it i mean talking to you makes it seem like it's all magic i mean it's all love it's all magic which i mean is incredible but so but what's the hardest part iris surely there's some hard part hard part there's no hard part there's no hard part no there's not i mean you do your job that's amazing that's a thrill and um and you can okay we had a little blip on our montana um wi-fi but iris you were saying that basically there is no hard part because this is the thing we love. We love to do, and so it's you're a professional. You show up every day, ready to work. Yes, you do. And if you're lucky, everything flows together, and it's well, it's pretty much of a thrill every day, even after all of those hundred and some odd books. That's incredible. Uh, Iris, that what an inspiration! What a, what a like, what a love you have found. And I love writing, and I like to be reminded that it really is a a joy and a gift to get to be able to do it. So I appreciate hearing that because sometimes I want to complain <laughs> about how hard it is, you know. Well, well we all do. We all want to complain uh, how hard it is, but then when you sit down the next day, it's exciting. It's pretty wonderful when when some and when something happens that surprises you, right? I mean, your, your characters surprise you. Absolutely, every that day. You never expected to. Yeah, even after all these Eve Duncan's, she still surprises you. Yes, she does, because well, um, try the next book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, since we're there, um, tell us what is happening. What What do we expect next? We have a number twenty nine. Absolutely. That is wonderful. So you are we expecting it out next summer? Uh, there's, uh, there's going, it'll probably be next summer. Yeah. Uh, and I have, a uh, a, a book called the captive coming out in the fall. I saw September, that. I think I saw that. I cannot. So, so you, two books a year. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's fun. And, uh, when you when you go and you sit down with the, those characters that uh, are, are your friends and your family, uh, it, 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 there's no chore to it. Not really. You you put in some pretty long hours sometimes, but right. it's it's not a chore. Right. I love it. This. I mean, that is that is really inspirational. That is a really wonderful thing to be reminded because it isn't a chore of all the things we get to do. So tell me this. I know also that, of course, um, I read your the book. I read the first book um, that you wrote with Roy. Um, so how was so I have a son who's 20. I, I can't imagine wrangling him into a writer's chair. So how how did that feel different? Did you work in the same room or send something back and forth? Uh, actually, uh, we wanted to to write together, but we we couldn't find anything that we really wanted to write. Uh, so uh, this one day, uh, Roy came back from Chicago. He was uh, having a trip up there, and he says, "I found what we can work with. That it would help. It would be you, and it would be me, and we could have a hell of a good time." I love it. And uh, so I said, well, what? What are you talking about? And he said, submarines. And I said, what? I'm not Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he said, no, no, we can make it work. We can make it work. Yeah, and we did. And uh, that was the first one we wrote together it was called Silent Thunder. And uh, it was it was great fun. And and uh, after that, we, we try to write at least one a year together because it's just it's just so much fun. Right. Because, because we uh, we feed each other uh, and uh, and and we love each other. So uh, that that works, too. And uh, it's uh, it's just and, you know, lately we've been writing the. Uh, uh, the uh, ones with uh, Dr. Michael, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's that's they're almost as popular as the e-books. Would you believe that? It's incredible. And uh, and and we uh, we're able to, um, like I said, we sort of feed each other. Uh, uh, I'll take like uh, uh, two chapters, and I'll write them. And then uh, I'll back him into a corner for when he has to pick it up. <laughs> and and then, then he has to go on with the story. And, uh, and it, uh, 
it can be really tough mm -hmm. right, <laughs> when right. you're writing with another writer. <laughs> right. And that's, that's Kendra Michaels, right? Kendra Michaels. Yes. I've uh -huh. read those and she, she had a really interesting start, right? Wasn't she born blind? Yeah, she was born blind and uh, she uh, uh, got an, an operation when she was 20 and uh, she became uh, it was um, it was very hard for her to adjust, but she became, uh, uh, it, as far as it being a detective concerned, she, she would be able to see things that other people can't see because the, she was uh, blind for all those years right. and she applied. And, and it was, uh, the, so she, it's that's still uh, her, uh, ability and and yet she's growing with every book every single book of course what a, what a fascinating premise a character that had been born blind you know that did you read about that somewhere or that was just something you guys that's just just something we we came, came up, up with, with. Mm -hmm. well it's really it's like you said i think it's an incredible it's sort of like the way you started the eve i mean they have these challenges right these they're they're, they have human problems and human challenges, which is, I'm sure, why all your readers are so in love with them, right? We we see, although none of us, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, are as brave as Riley Smith or Eve Duncan or Kendra Michaels, <laughs> but we see bits of ourselves in those characters. And so when they succeed and triumph, you know, we feel that. Um, I'm sure you feel that, right? Where we're all winning from those. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Riley's been such a joy in the, in the past couple of books for me. And uh, she and Eve are such good friends now mm -hmm. that I can see them, you know, sparking off each other for quite a while. That's incredible. So can you tell us a little bit about Captive? Because I, I haven't gotten my hands on that one yet, but that's coming do you, do you this you said this fall you want me to look at the the specific date that we're going to get I another think it's September okay and tell us can you give us a little teaser about that one? Oh, that one is um that, that that's hard to describe because it, uh, it it's almost like a dual story okay uh of the past and the present and um it it it's it's about these people who who are are captives in their own way and yet they are able to overcome everything and there's a wonderful scene towards the end I, I'm not, not going to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to all wonder. <laughs> but but we, uh, uh, I had such a, a wonderful time with uh, uh, not only getting these uh, uh, characters from the past. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of the characters that were were in some of the e-books uh, appeared in this one. I wondered about that. Yeah. Are we going yeah. to see some characters we know? Right. Yeah. The uh, the Earl was in that one, and he and he's uh, he's quite a character. 
in, in more ways than one. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that we have that to look forward to. And then the next one will be the 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 next ebook or do next, we have a no they there's there's going to be a a a kinder book in, in like March. Uh and uh and then and the, the following that that will be the the one that's um, uh, going to have all of the uh, the excitement of the uh, not maybe of, of of this one. It's it's completely different, but it's um, uh, that will be Eve and and Riley and some another character which will be which is very very unusual. Okay. Well, there's so much in to look words, forward to. I, in other words, I, I had fun. <laughs> oh, I, right. I love it. Well, okay. So I, I have to ask now because we're talking about three books in the next year, which, you know, is a, I mean, your pace is phenomenal. You're obviously a very hardworking woman, which is very impressive. And, and, and I love hearing that because it reminds me that I could probably work a little harder, but also are you writing do you write one book at a time, Iris, or are you working on multiple books at the same time? One book at a time. Uh, I can't, um, if you're doing dealing with one world, uh, you just stay in that world for a while. And then uh, you finish it and say, hey, I'm happy. Now let's go to this other world. Got it. Okay. So no, because you're, so you're just, you're spending three months it sounds like about three or not much longer than that really immersed in one world and then you move on to the next book that's right yeah. however i i don't pay attention to the time i should i should pay more attention to the time <laughs> it seems but, like uh, whatever you're doing is working really well for you i wouldn't worry too much <laughs> well that's incredible i I mean, I cannot tell, thank you enough for being here. Um, if you haven't read 100 of Iris Johansson's books, um, you have a really, <laughs> you have a lot of reading on your hands. So if you were to tell us, so let's just say, let's imagine there's somebody out there, again, it's hard to imagine, but if there's somebody out there who has not yet read your wonder, your incredible library of books, Iris, where would you tell them to start today? Well, a lot of the reviewers say, if you haven't read Eve to begin with, uh, try a face yeah. because uh, they, they, even the reviewers say, it's a great place to start with Eve. Absolutely. So start right now and move, move back. And as you said, it's interesting because you do an incredible job of not making us feel like if we didn't, if we missed a book or, you know, or we didn't start at the beginning or we don't remember every Eve Duncan book, um, it, we're still, you can read this book 100% as a standalone and not feel like you missed anything. But there are hints in there that, oh, wow, there's an entire world of Eve history and, you know, and her family and her friends that you can go back to. So. Absolutely somebody has their work cut out for them if they're starting at the beginning uh, well iris um i'm so grateful for your time today you are incredible and an inspiration and um thank you so much for being here 
Well, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, what a treat. Well, I am your host, Danielle Girard, and this has been Killer Women Podcast with the unbelievably talented and uh, prolific Irish Johansson. Until next time, bye-bye.